Hello there and welcome to another exciting episode on the Grindavin Chat Podcast. My name is David Owusi-Mensah and I'm your host on this podcast. Did you know that biogas entrepreneurs in Africa are joining forces to demand better working conditions for the sector and to regulate foreign aid involvement? Well, in a short while, I'm going to introduce you to the Biogas Unite initiative. Biogas Unite is an initiative of local and international companies and entrepreneurs taking the initiative to improve conditions for all in the biogas sector. Up to now, biogas sector has been primarily driven by donor-funded projects and programs without creating a sustainable, fair and functioning biogas market anywhere. And as a result, not only has the market development largely failed, but markets are distorted and the reputation of biogas as a clean cooking fuel has been destroyed. As entrepreneurs, we are interested in working in a reliable and protected environment, solid and competitive market with equal conditions for all players and clear rules regulating the technology and the service quality to assure a good reputation of biogas among customers, partners, and investors. So, on today's podcast, we present the reasons and the aim of Biogas Unite. So, to do this, I have with me Catherine Putz, who is the CEO of Be Energy in Germany, operating all over Africa, and Christina Beck, who is also a Be Energy representative in Rwanda. This conversation is super important and I don't need you just to be in the biogas industry to really understand the conditions that are presented in here. So, would you just grab a coffee and let's get into this episode. Biogas Unite, here we go. Hello, Katrine and Christine. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Green Living Chats podcast. And I'm super enthused about the conversation we're going to have today because our pre-conversations have been interesting and I'm super looking forward to today's conversation. So welcome, ladies. Thank you, David, for having us. Yeah, thank you, David. Yeah, so uh, for the sake of some listeners who might not know you too, Catherine, we have done a lot of work together. And uh, so could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, my name is Katrin Pütz. I am from Germany and I am running a biogas company called Be Energy that promotes household biogas technology, including the biogas backpack for the sale of biogas. And we work with business partners all over Africa mostly who bring our technology to their countries and sell it in a special social business approach. Sounds good. Christine, would you like to also introduce yourself to us? Yes, my name is Christine Amek. I work in Rwanda and my main field of operation is the energy sector in general, petrochemical, and biogas is a relatively new addition for me. But I see quite a lot of potential, possibly. 
Uh, it's really interesting and fun to meet you ladies and the passion that you have in doing the work that you do. So to kick this conversation off, Catherine, you've already told us about the energy and what do you guys do? And actually, if anyone wants to know details of what Katrine and B Energy does, we have recorded a podcast and it's going to be in the short notes some months ago. And you can listen to this podcast and get to know a little more about what B Energy does. But I want us to dive a little bit into the challenges and some of the issues that are in the biogas industry. So Katrine, you have been doing this for a while now in the formal podcast that we, we recorded together we made mention of some challenges that you face in your operations. But today, I want you to specifically tell us some of the things that are happening in the industry for which we are discussing today. Yeah, thanks, David. I think all of the biogas entrepreneurs who are now listening, they they are very well aware of so many little challenges. Um, And we are also very well aware of the impact that our technology can have on millions of people to improve their lives the cooking reality of so many people and also some very positive climate impacts we could um, achieve. But um, we are facing some challenges and the reason why we're meeting here today is to um, iron out some of these challenges, Yeah, which are not only but also related to what the aid industry is doing. Of course, we um, face challenges that are related to the reputation of biogas, which is mostly not positive because of so many failed programs and projects. The focus on especially poor people to to be served with this technology, that means the biogas is known as a technology for the poor. And the other thing that is a major challenge is that biogas entrepreneurs are not protected from any kind of market distortion. And uh, we'll dive deeper into this, but just as an example, this is kind of what we're facing. Interesting. I would like to engage Christine for a minute. I want to know exactly what is happening from where you're coming from. I love the story you mentioned earlier when you introduced yourself, that Biogas has just become an add-on for you recently. I would like you to just tell us about your journey in biogas as as an entrepreneur and some of the challenges that you're facing on the grounds in Rwanda? Well, I've always been interested in alternative technology. So before I dived into biogas, um, I actually worked in different areas as well, the main one being wind turbine generators and then followed by solid fuels. Solid fuels, they've got a similar problem with the aid industry as biogas. But biogas I came across last year, or put it this way, B Energy I came across last year, um, courtesy of the lockdown, actually. There was <laughs> nothing else to do. And I saw an interview of a digester owner, somebody in Kenya who had bought the B Energy system and was being interviewed for Deutsche Welle. That's how I came across B Energy and I found the concept very good. And I had previously come across um, biogas all the way back into my school time because I'm from Kenya. And even as far back as the 1980s, it was primarily aid driven and never seemed to work very well. So in Kenya, at least, this has now changed. But in Rwanda, biogas is not really treated seriously or seriously enough. Um, It's just something you give people and then you walk away from it. 
this is very interesting. I mean, the story that you just introduced, for me, it doesn't sound really good in my ears because now as the whole world is looking for sustainable options. So why is it so that, I mean, biogas, we all know the technical part of it, that biogas is a very, it uses sustainable means to produce energy. I mean, whichever way that we want to use it, it has a lot of byproduct as well. So how come the system has changed this way? Where do we direct it to? Where do we actually find their problem? I'm, I'm sure you're going to get a little bit into it, but can you describe how the biogas landscape looks in, in Rwanda? Okay, when I go out to speak to people about biogas, I don't actually have to go right to you know, the very beginning and explain what biogas is. Everybody's heard about it. They've just not heard very good things about it. Um, because of the history, biogas has got a very bad reputation. Um, I'd say every single aid-driven or aid finance project I've come across in Rwanda has failed. Um, those biogas systems that are working were from a private initiative, but the, the ones that were officially put out there um, I think part of the reason was uh, they were there were showpieces, you know, where we're going to install 14,000. And what is forgotten is that you need support. So actually building them is not the biggest problem. You'll always find a, a suitably competent stonemason. But then maintaining them afterwards you also need people for that. And that side of it was never catered for, for. So sustainability was not factored in. That's how I see it. This is really interesting. I mean, the, the issues that you're bringing out, well, maybe because I'm not in biogas, but I really don't know this aspect of, of biogas. But in your opinion, how has this system of probably the aid, how has it really affected the market? Because I realized that People do not have respect for this. And as Katrin mentioned earlier, well, it, it has been tagged as a poor product, as a poor technology, but I actually don't think so from the science background of it. How do you think this aid has specifically affected the market? Um, I think part, part of the problem is probably that it was always oversold because it's a gas. So people sort of seem to think, oh, maybe it's like propane. I'll get the same, you know, energy usage out of it. Nobody ever explains that you have one cow and roughly you'll get a thousand liters. They will, in their minds, equate it to propane. A thousand liters of propane is fabulous, but you don't get that amount. You get very much less. You get like maybe the equivalent of one to two days cooking, depending on what and how you cook. So that already is one problem because people go into this or they're sold on it on wrong numbers, numbers they don't understand or possibly were never explained to them. So there's disappointment there. Like, oh, is this all I'm getting? So I think that's one thing. And then also with the aid projects, you know, they portray themselves as coming to Rwanda with the aim of helping people. What they don't mention is spending their budget. And once that money is gone, that's the end of the project and we leave. So the follow-up is not necessarily even planned for. I haven't come across any project yet that has, you know, deliberately taken up several 
years worth of follow-up or any follow-up. So a user is effectively left to try and figure things out for themselves. Let, let me engage Catherine for a minute. Catherine, what do you think has been the history behind this? Because for sure, I believe that over the years, we have overlooked some of these things, initiatives coming. So right now we face the impact just as Christine is, is telling us, but what do you think has been the history? Um, I, I can maybe give you some insight on Rwanda because Rwanda was the first national domestic biogas program in Africa. And I, yeah, I had to do with this uh, <laughs> program in 2010. Oh no, it, yeah, 2010 was the first time I, I contacted them. It, start, it was launched in 2006 with the aim to install 15,000 biogas systems. And um, at the end, they installed, I think, 2,600 in 2012. And the invested funds were about 15 million US dollars for this number of systems. And I know that... For example, GIZ, the German development organization, resigned from biogas after that experience. And it's documented that many of these digesters have never actually produced gas. It is documented that 43% of these digesters are currently, which was in 2017, this article that was written uh, was not functional. This is exactly what Christina just described, that the majority of the systems don't work. And this is the perception of people when they think about biogas, there's the reputation. I understand a little bit that aid organizations still want to continue with biogas because it's such a great technology. Despite this experience, the approach hasn't really been changed, but other organizations just continue with implementing biogas programs and projects. This is not the only country, but that's one experience now for Rwanda. Yeah? So this program has been taken over by aid organizations, smaller initiatives. Um, we have a similar program in Ethiopia. It's also a national biogas program that started in 2009, financed with in total up to 55 million euros by now, with more than 25,000 biogas systems installed. And latest research reveals that about 60% of the biogas systems are non-functional or have major technical issues. And exactly what Christina said, the major reason for this is lack of regular follow-up and maintenance. It is always focused on installing systems because that's what you can report. Uh, it's just not sexy enough to set up a service infrastructure, you know, and that way people, of course, lose interest in the technology because if you didn't pay for it properly in the first place, why should you care about paying for maintenance? And it's even harder to pay for it if it doesn't even exist, if there's nobody to call. So this is a general shortcoming of these programs and projects. I want to know exactly some of these biogas programs that are happening currently in Africa, but I want to engage uh, Christine. Christine, before we started recording, you made mention about you taking a training with B Energy and you were supposed to actually start producing biogas by now. But how has the experience been for you ever since you, you took the training? Have you been able to establish anything or if not, why? Well, I mean, there's interest, which obviously is cheap. I'll, I'll go and talk to people and they say, oh, yes, that's very interesting. Oh, yes, we've heard about the government policies, you know, to reduce deforestation, to reduce the use of wood and charcoal. We know it's all very bad. But then when you start talking numbers, actual costs, it's the case of, oh, but it costs a lot of money. And I'm only getting like, you know, four hours, maybe cooking time a day. So the people who 
have the resources in the rural areas. And at the moment, you can still cut a tree. I mean, technically not legally, but you know, it's still there to cut and it's easier and cheaper than to put in a biogas system. And so that's one aspect. But the interest is there. I mean, people will say, yes, you know, talk to us about it. And then they say, oh, that's, we want to be involved. And then when it turns out that actually they have to put their hand in their pocket, either for the training or for an actual installation, then the interest dries up mostly. So again, it's this idea of, but surely I should be getting it for free because in the past, everybody's been getting it for free. And that's why I, I love the approach that Christina has taken. I love very much and is really unique among our biogas business partners in B-Energy. She has recognized this difficulty, which is also related to the bad reputation of biogas in the country. And she has taken the approach, and Christina, you can explain this better than me, but mm -hmm. um, she has taken a special approach to look at the failed biogas systems first, to turn to these biogas systems and contact the owners and ask them if they're interested to get the systems fixed to improve this bad reputation and create some examples or many examples of functioning biogas systems before you can be successful in promoting biogas to new owners. And Christina, you can maybe explain a little bit more because this is so interesting. Okay, basically this idea came about because um, my one and only proper installer, um, Cyril, <laughs> Um, mentioned that, yeah, I've, I've got one and a half installers, which is great. <laughs> so, yeah, so Cyril is very active in the biogas sector. And he mentioned that in his area, an American had come from Kenya and had installed about 14 systems, which are similar to the one from B Energy. As similar as in they're above ground, like a, a PVC tube that you, you fill with your substrate. But then he mentioned that none of these are working. So initially I said, I wanted to find out why they weren't working. Having sat down with Cyril, it came, we came to the conclusion that it's mostly poor installation. So I said, well, if it's only that, and otherwise these, you know, the actual hardware is still okay, why can't we you know, empty the, the digesters out, recite them and uh, fill them. And then, you know, basically to show that it's not the technology in itself. There's nothing wrong because when I speak to people, they will, they will not immediately associate a failed biogas system exactly. with the way it was installed. They will just assume that, oh, well, biogas doesn't work, full stop. But it does, because there's a lot happening in India and China and other countries where very clearly biogas systems work. So that was the initial idea that if we take something that was known to fail, never to have worked, and turn it round, it'll cost the owner very little and it'll drum up interest. We really need to move forward on this conversation because I, I don't know how listeners are going to take this. But it's a very interesting thing because I wasn't expecting this to be happening in probably a renewable energy industry, right? But Catherine, how do these programs look currently in Africa? 
Um, now we've talked a lot about failure and, and some of our listeners might think, okay, Biogas is determined yes. to fail, yes. but <laughs> I know it isn't. And um, I would say all our Biogas colleagues know it isn't, but it depends on the approach. Exactly. It heavily yes. depends on the mm -hmm. approach. Yeah. And we have so much experience now in the world. We know what doesn't work. And there is no way we should continue doing the things that we know don't work. But, uh, and there I can only, I can only shake my head. You can't see it. But when I look at, look to Uganda and what's happening there, I see that we have learned nothing. Um, if you look to Uganda and the situation that we have there, you see a huge number of parallel biogas initi aid initiatives or aid driven initiatives that are competing for <laughs> biogas entrepreneurs and biogas users and they are either government like foreign government programs that try to incentivize biogas business people with results-based financing mechanisms to push them to install more biogas systems at a good quality or there are big grants given out to companies that qualify for some foreign standards or foreign calls or there are biogas plants being given away for free. For example, the Caritas European aid organization is giving away 200 biogas systems in the north of Uganda to offset carbon emissions that are caused or created in the West. Yeah. Or we have other yeah, climate neutral group, for example, gold standard projects. The, the irony. We, yeah, the irony of it's it's really like for me unbelievable. I'm really shocked by by the possibility to do such things yeah then we have the german biogas association trying to set up a you know, ugandan biogas association of whom <laughs> i wonder um or who should be the members if everybody is setting up projects and programs that compete and at the end leave the private sector and that's what i'm trying to say here leave the private sector completely unprotected from being outcompeted by these programs and projects because nobody in the world wants to pay for a biogas system if your neighbor has just give, been given one for free has been identified i mean you have to listen to this word word has been identified by a foreign organization to be eligible to have a free biogas system i mean imagine this but this is what's happening so you hear it from my voice it makes me really furious and i think it's just such a big thread and that's the urgency in this it's such a big thread to the private sector. And it's not only because we are the private sector, there are so many Africans who are building this private sector or trying to build this. So there is an urgency to act now and prevent that more of such initiatives are started, launched or continued. And it's time for us as a biogas sector to unite and, and stop this, yeah? to come up with better solutions to the um, situation. Just as there is greenwashing of so many sustainable products and so many sustainable initiatives, I think that there is also another side of this thing we call climate change adaptation measures, right? So when you were talking, that was exactly what came to mind because I've been having conversations recently about climate change adaptation, where we are trying to help people who are really having the effect of climate change, you know, to be able to survive, right? But if you are 
trying to take advantage of these measures for your own interest and not even thinking about the private sector, which is biogas. Most people, the private sector, this is what they use for their daily meals. So if you're destroying the market, what really happens to the local people, right? I, I think this conversation is really, really important. You're going to tell us a little bit about what we can do, what can we do, and what is B Energy's initiative to actually solve this problem and help the private sector to, to wake up and, and build the biogas system again. I, I would really like to hear from you, Catherine, what are you guys doing and what do you have in mind to solve this issue? Yeah, thanks, David. I'm so happy that you see the urgency and that you let us explain this here. So B Energy is the initiator of this initiative or we have started this initiative but we're not the only ones who are driving it or who agree to the urgency of having it um, we have already connected with some bigger competitors and colleagues yeah and the initiative that we're starting is called biogas unite so we want to unite the biogas sector so this is a call to all our biogas colleagues from bigger international biogas companies that work in africa down to the smallest occasional biogas mason. Yeah, we want to include everyone because we together build the private sector. And what I think, and just to name a few of the points that we think are important, what I think is most important is a kind of transparency in the biogas sector. We biogas entrepreneurs need to know and have access to a kind of database where we can see which biogas initiatives are currently running on the continent. Where are they? What are their budgets? What are their, their approaches? Where are their beneficiaries? So that we can decide, okay, am I going to the north of Uganda to set up a business or is there an organization giving away 200 biogas systems? Yes. To not put people at risk. I cannot put my partners at that risk of being outcompeted by an aid organization like this. So first of all, we have to create transparency and we have to agree to this with the entire aid industry and with government. Second, and that's the aim of this, is to prevent market distortion. And I can only repeat it again and again. If it is allowed to subsidize or give away systems for free, then it is not possible for the private sector to fairly compete and, and set up a private market that can last in the long term. Yeah. So we have to stop donations and undermining market prices by unilateral projects and by unilateral work. So this is the second thing, prevent market distortion actively. Third, we should limit direct market involvement of international donors and organizations. Whatever can be solved by the market, by the private sector, should not be interfered by aid organizations. There are certainly things that aid organizations can do, for example, provide microcredit, provide loans, make them accessible for biogas users, because certainly financing is an issue, but it's not the total amount that is needed, but it's the investment amount that you have to have initially to get a system. So there are ways to work together. Number four, <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just putting it out there. It would be good to have some quality standards for biogas systems that the sector agrees on so that we all together protect the technology from failure, because what is bad for all of us is a bad reputation of the technology. As Christina has like very clearly stated, if biogas systems, either the technology itself or the installation quality is 
poor, then biogas as a whole is perceived as something that doesn't work. And we all should have an interest to prevent this. And then just two more um, points that I want to mention is that as a private sector, so far we have hardly been involved in decision-making because so far the sector is driven by international donors. We have never been asked if we agree to 200 biogas systems being given away for free or if we agree to an yet another million-dollar project program that introduces results-based financing. Yeah. So why is there no round table where we all sit down and discuss because the private sector should be at the heart of this discussion? Yeah, it doesn't happen. So it's a total top-down approach and we can be passive recipients. And the last but not least point is that we need a better advocacy for biogas as a system solution. Biogas is not just a source of energy. And Christina has also mentioned that many farmers have a big interest in the fertilizer that comes out of the biogas system. It's a solution for energy, agriculture, and ecological environments, climate change, and all these topics are involved. So really, biogas should be perceived as a real systems solution on a broader scale. So that's in brief, what the initiative includes, and we would like to discuss with our colleagues which points we can add, which points we agree on, which points we value most to come to an agreement that we then can share with a broader audience and especially with the aid industry and with African governments and energy experts. Wow. This really sounds like a very well thought points and initiatives to really get to the other side of this issue. But I want to get Christine's first hand thoughts on, on these. I mean, you've heard Katrin talk about this initiative of Biogas Unite. And how do you think this is going to impact your operations in the future? It would be very helpful um, that people understand that the playing field has never been level. If they said, okay, no aid projects in this field, that would be really helpful because then, you know, it would be like um, selling showers or furniture. Everybody knows if you want it, you've got to put your hand in your pocket. I'm not entirely convinced that, you know, it'll be easy to get the governments on board here because they work with subsidies and um, they've also got this mindset that certain people can't help themselves. So we'll, we'll cough up the cash for a family to be given an installation. I think that's also part of the problem that, you know, the people who have the ability to help have basically relegated a segment of society into, you know, helpless recipients, not actually independent actors who have, you know, certain requirements, certain abilities, they are also not seen as um, equal partners. It's something you do, biogas is something you do to other people. That's great. Um, you know, you know, put, put very, put very um, <laughs> bluntly. And, and trying to get it out of that box will be will be difficult but it, it would certainly help if you know governments say look we're going to treat this as a bona fide um, source of energy our policy is not necessarily to you know help everybody but to develop a sustainable energy infrastructure i think they've also got to rephrase 
you know, and get away from this idea that certain people are just totally inept and can't help themselves. And, you know, the government's now got to do something. I actually agree with what you're saying. This thing actually cuts across so many industries. The same thing is happening even in the recycling industry, because, I mean, people want to try and be sustainable and get recycled materials out in the market. But virgin plastics and virgin materials are practically less expensive than recycled materials. So, I mean, this this whole issue, it's already in the system and governments who really want to make a change and really care about their people and really, really care about the environment are going to make bold decisions to do this. Because, of course, their hands are tied because these are the same people who fund their governance and fund the operations and everything But looking at the brighter side, if we want your local people to be happy and want to listen to the voice and listen to all the plea that we are putting out there, I think responsible governments are going to come on board and they're going to make a change. Um, So we've identified the problem. We have an initiative. Catherine, what what are we doing next? Um, The next step, David, is that we want to invite our biogas colleagues in Africa. We want to invite the entire private sector to discuss with us in an upcoming meeting on the 6th of October. It's an online video call where we will present again the initiative, present a list of points, some of them that I have just presented, and some first ideas of concrete solutions that we would like to request and demand That will be the start of the process. So we will discuss with people. We'll have several meetings of that sort. And then finally compile a document that we then, with one voice, share with the aid sector. To raise awareness of what the biogas sector needs to develop and then together further develop and change the approach that's currently being taken. Sounds great to me. So if you are listening to this and you are enjoying this conversation and you think that you buy into this idea, just dive into the show notes. We're going to put details of everything we've talked about here in the show notes. And so you can find it, links to signing up for this meeting and email addresses, telephone numbers and social media platforms for you to interact with B Energy and the Biogas Unite initiative. So we hope that we're going to hear a lot of uh, response from this. And so don't hesitate, really. Our doors are always open to listen to your thoughts and whatever initiative or ideas that you have to add to this initiative. So I don't know if, Catherine, you have any last words uh, before we say goodbye to our listeners. One last thing, David. Um, I would like to also encourage everyone else who's not from the biogas sector but um, has experience with this type of, or has an opinion about this type of initiative and and the problem also, and ideas for solutions to join us. And also for potential supporters of this initiative, because we're doing this by ourselves. We have the feeling nobody else is going to help us with it. So we're, (laughs) we're starting it, but we could use some support from experts and also financial support to really publish this, make this known, organize events and so on. So yeah, it's it, we're an open group, open for discussion and happy for everyone to join. Yeah, and we are super glad to also add our voice to it at Green Living Chats and also at Economic Solutions to really push this vision because we see that as a potential 
um, initiative that really needs to be solved, not just only in the biogas industry, but it applies actually in all sort of aid and donor funded uh, projects and initiatives on exactly. the continent and around the continent. And I don't know if, Christine, you have any last words to share with us? Well, I think biogas has huge potential and it's not complicated. It's not something you can't take ownership of, which is really nice because you as the end user, you know, you're not just using, you, you're actually involved with it and you get a sense of independence and stability and it's sustainable but the narrative has to change. It's top to bottom. And people just have to realize that there is a cost. It's not an unreasonable cost. And it's only fair that the people who work with the biogas, as in the manufacturers, the installers, the maintenance people, that they actually earn you know, a fair amount for their work. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining me on the Green Living Chat podcast today. And I just want to leave our listeners with this, that really don't cross your fingers and just say that this is this is not your business. This is really everyone's business, because I think sometimes we get so used to the system that we think that um, these funds and these aids are to actually help us and move us forward. But you think about it. It's not the issue. And that's why even in Ghana, I'm super excited about the Ghana Beyond Aid Initiative, which was launched by our president, uh, Nanako Fuado. And it's really important that we also wake up and see ourselves beyond aid. And this is actually going to help for foreign investors to actually come in the country and invest in the country to help local products to go up and to help private sector to also improve because whatever you do, the nation cannot move forward without the private sector. So it's super, super important that we all add our voices. Very soon after this whole initiative has formally been announced, we're going to post uh, posters here and there. You can help us just by clicking share, just by commenting, liking, just to help for the news to get to the right people. So with that said, thank you so much, uh, B Energy, Catherine and Christine, for joining me today on the Green Living Chat. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, David. We appreciate it so much too. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Green Living Chat podcast. This initiative is to educate and create awareness on things that really matter. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and comments as we get interactive on our social media platforms at Echo Amit Solutions on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube and LinkedIn. If you would like to be part of these conversations, contact us via email at glcpodcasts at echoamidsolutions.com or see our contact details in the show notes. See you on the next episode and remember, live green.